When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That is not the way we expected tonight to go. I'm okay with a loss. I'm okay with the Maple Leafs coming out and maybe having a West Coast dump, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But holy Hannah, a 6-2 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. And there's lots to unpack in this game from phantom trips to keep being tossed out. But before I get into that, joined by my good buddy from the Locked on Lease podcast, David Morissuti. David. How are you feeling after that one? Not so not so hot. <clears throat> I mean, it's look, the Leafs just got fed their own medicine, right? Like thumped. It's it's the it's the disappointing because I if you if any of you guys that listen to Lock on Leafs podcast, I kind of said what worries me about this team has been their play at home. Right? Like I hope that they can bring some of that momentum that they had on this road trip and get it home. And they did the exact opposite. Right. And that's frustrating. It's not that they lost. It's how they looked in this loss. Right. If they were working hard, if it was a close game, sure. Yeah. You lose a close one. It's it happens, but to lose like that, people have short memories. They're going to think of their own, they're not, some people are going to look past the seven-game win streak and be like, "Yeah, but now you just got absolutely dummied at home in a you know a game where you're trying to keep on track with Boston and Florida in your division, and you go and you lay a, a stinker like that." Yeah, listen, like I said, I'm okay with a loss. I'm okay with you coming off the West Coast swing and having a a bit of a clunker of a game, but a game like this, it just did not seem like the effort was there, uh, especially a second period forward. Uh, Clark Monroe chiming in, didn't hate the first period, but I look at this and I say, wow, there was many, many opportunities for this team to take the charge. And one thing that I'm wondering here, okay, so you come off that West Coast trip, do you believe that the dump is real, that they, you know, you can have that time zone switch, that problem where, you know, you're rolling on the road, you're not at home, you're not gripping your stick as tight, and then you get home and all of these things come crashing back down. Of course, no Timothy Lilligren. Um yeah, I'm wondering, do you believe in the West Coast dump? I'm sure there's a bit of that. But, like, when you think about they were in Colorado. They weren't exactly all the way out in the Pacific, right? So, And they had a day in between, no, oh, two days in between because they can't, you know, they last played on Saturday. So it's not yep. like they had one day off and they're right back to it. You know, Vegas is also on a road trip. Right, they're not. They're they're playing on the road, so they're. I, I that part really doesn't gel too much with me. I can get maybe being back home, you get a little more comfortable, right? You're in your familiar surroundings, so maybe you let loose a little bit here. But as Clark said, like 
they had a good first period, right? The first period they were structured. They were looking at the, you know, keeping track of the details. They weren't cheating in a lot of ways. And then in the second period, it's almost like, okay, we got to find a way to get some offense here. And what do the teams, when they try to find offense do, they try to cheat a little bit. And unfortunately, you know, Vegas upped the pressure and they couldn't deal with it. Yeah. One thing for this Maple Leaf team, if they stick to their game plan for a full 60, usually they're pretty good. And pretty able to handle the game and really stick with it. When they stick with their way of playing, that's what happens. I'm going to ask you this one. Should the whistle have blown when Hill lost his skate, when the blade came out, and I saw the rule flashed up and I decided to to take a picture of it and here to read it for us just to make sure that we all know what was going on. So this happened in the playoffs. So uh, the Let's see here. There is no rule for referees to stop play for a broken piece of equipment, regardless of the whether the equipment belongs to a goaltender or a skater. The lone exception is when referees may stop play after a goaltender has lost his helmet. So that play should not have been blown dead. Even though the puck blew the zone, it should have kept going because there is no danger immediately to the goaltender. All it is is a broken piece of equipment. And like they said on the broadcast, if you lose a skate blade as a skater, they do not stop the play. You're, you have to get yourself off the ice. So the goaltender is no different in that regard. It says right in the NHL rulebook, that is something that you do not blow dead. So I'm wondering, do you think that whistle should have blown? I, You know what? Like, yes. Is it an unfortunate play for the Golden Knights, you know, for Hill to lose the skate blade? Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm also not one to be like, you have to read the rule as it is. And I remember that that game you were mentioning with uh, with Vrask and Sergachev scoring the goal and things like yep. that and the spirit of the rule. Again, that one's a tough one for me because like it's such an unfair position for the goaltender. I get it, but I, you're right. If it was a normal skater, that ain't game blown dead, right? They just have to figure it out for themselves at that point. And yeah. I've seen goaltenders have to do the same too in a lot of ways, right? It's not, again, it's a very rare thing that happens that, you know, sometimes it's easy to kind of think, okay, what happens in the moment is the right thing. But in a game like this where there's a lot going on and a lot yeah. of th- ways that the officials were, you know, the spotlight in the wrong way, I can see why this is something that will be very contentious for fans. So, like, do I wish it was blown dead? It's not ideal, right? I think it, you got to roll with it as the rules stipulate. But, you know, they were saying in, during the intermission that it was the right call. But, again, it all depends on all the situations playing into account. Yeah, I mean, I think it should have been a puck freeze, but it is what it is. That, to me, just a microcosm of what happened in this game. Lots of different calls and stuff like that. And we'll talk about a couple here about the Keith situation. One thing I'm wondering, too, and I'm going to make a video about this. Should they have challenged the high stick on Angelo? I think they should have. It did look like it was high, and that could have called back a goal, kept the Leafs a little tighter, and allowed this game to be contested differently. And I know a lot of people are going to listen to this and say, oh, they're whining because the Leafs lost. It's not whining. I think they should have challenged that. What's the least that could have happened? They got that one goal. And then they go on a power play. At least you show that you're sticking up for your guys. I get that they don't believe it was 100% conclusive. It would have been a high stick. 
because everybody's interpretation of the shoulder and height and all that stuff is different, but that stick was definitely high. What do you think, David? Is that a high stick? Because to me it was. Well, that that that's, that one's an easy one, right? Like the replay clearly showed that it was above the shoulder. But the issue here is, and, and look, I kind of harped on the ref for being right there when it happened. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a tough play to call in the moment because it wasn't an obvious, like he has it high up in the air. He has it just over the shoulders. Um, so like the thing about that one there is you have an opportunity to challenge it and, you know, see if you can get a call back. I understand the yes, Vegas scores. They go up on the, uh, if the, if the challenge doesn't work, they go on the power play and have a chance to really put it away. But in that game, right. That's the difference between a three, two lead, right. With the Leafs scoring later. Yeah. Right, a three-one lead and a four-one lead. Right, yeah. Those moments there, the, they matter. Still, kind of, yeah, it still kind of mattered, right? And so, I, I get it. I, I get why the challenge happened. I just think maybe they felt like, look, we might not win this one, and it's just going to put us in a worse situation. But again, it's it's one of those in the moment you wish it happened, and then you know, it kind of gets over, it gets put in the spotlight more because of how the game all turned out. No, I fully agree with you on that. And I look at this here too. And I say, okay, now we have Sheldon keep being tossed. You know, he's going to get fined. I bet you that is happening. What's funny is though, he was tossed when he was calm. He was Hmm. calmly barking at the referee. There was no explicitives. Mike Johnson even said on the bench, he said there was no swearing when he got thrown out. He basically cooled himself off and then wanted to talk about it. Uh, and the ref, I guess, just had enough. Now, we had Dave Jackson on not too long ago, and he said that, you know, he was one of the ones that would give, you know, a coach a long leash, especially something like that phantom trip. You know, he would give a long leash for the coach to go off. And then he would give the hand signal, and the coach usually would stop, or he would assess a bench minor or throw the coach out. So what happened here? The phantom trip, which should not have been called, was garbage to me. Just garbage. The officiating in this game, I'm going to call it what it is. Dave, I love you. I know you're going to watch this game when you get better. Not you, David, but I'm talking about Dave Jackson. Uh, I know when you're healing it up on your feet, you're going to look back at this one, and we will probably have some exchanges. But the officiating in this one was bad. It just is. And it's not bad just by Leaf standards. You can see online that there are a lot of people talking about, wow, some of the things that happened here. But Keith being tossed, do you think he should have got his money's worth, much like the uh, the bench bosses in the MLB do when they get tossed? They just finally, you know, screw it. I'm already out of the game. I'm gonna let you have it. I'm just gonna yeah. go absolutely bonkers and just make it so my team knows I got their back and the stuff is ridiculous. I think Sheldon Keith should have got his pound of flesh. Well, that's the thing, right? You do it there that you know you don't necessarily need to do it in the post game. Right in the post game, right? I and mean, everyone's like, now, uh, Sheldon, go get yourself fined to like make it worth it. Well, Sheldon, he could have just settled his piece then and there and not have to do it in the post game. Like, I don't even think he fully understood that he was. I mean, you saw his reaction when eventually he found out he was getting tossed. He's just like, really? What? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's so petty because, like, earlier in the week, Garrett Rank was being, you know, trotted out for that you know, no goal call right on the, in the blues game, right? Yep. Everyone was like, Oh, look at this guy. It's so entertaining. Things like that. But at the same time, 
it's it reminds me of why I don't like things like that. That's because the officials want to make it more of a spectacle. Yep. Make the call. I love when the right. You know what? I know some guys. It's funny when they do it, but at the same time, it always it also gives credit to those who say that the refs want to be a part of the show. Yep. They want to make themselves a part of the game. When you do things like that, it kind of proves that point a little bit more. It makes that point a little more close to home. In this situation, yeah, like he, I think when Keith was initially calling him out on the penalty, like uh, MJ on the broadcast was saying, like the ref, Greg was saying, enough. Like he was telling him enough. You know, you make a bad call, you're going to hear about it, right? Like everyone's yep. got the ability to see it with replay in slow motion. If you make a bad call, you're going to have to hear about it. And unfortunately for Sheldon Keith, not much you can really do about it, right? Like he did what he could do. Uh, do I think the referees sometimes, you know, get a little too carried away and think they kind of have a little more power than I think they should? Yeah, they, I think I think so. Like in a game that close, I've seen worse things not get called. And you're and then that that penalty happens, and I'm just like, where's the consistency? And I think yeah. that's the biggest issue, right? Where's consistency? And I'm not even going to make this a Leafs versus refs thing like every, like a lot of people like to do. To me, this is just the lack of consistency and officiating. I mean, look, all across sports, this isn't just an NHL issue, but it's specifically in the NHL, we always hear about uh, the rule book changes in the playoffs. Yep. Rule changes at times. No, the rule book is the rule book. Call it to the rule book. But also, you know what? Refs have a chance to kind of talk and make sure, is that the right call to make? They do it all the time in football, right? In the NFL, They if a, if a flag is thrown and if another ref is like, yeah, I don't know about that one, Chief. They discuss it. You have yep. to really look at it for two seconds and say, you know what? We didn't let you want. We don't think there was a penalty on that play. And then when you just have, you just reset everything. I don't know why that's not happening. It does sometimes in the NHL. There are some conferences, but not enough situations that really impact a game to its core, which it did tonight. Obviously, Sheldon keep being tossed as well. We all know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. You want to check out the Flyers and Leafs tonight? Lay a bet down? That may be the way to do it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8HOPE-NY or text 467-369 in Connecticut. Help is available for your problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill and Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. 
Copyright the NHL 2024. All rights are reserved. Well, um, for me, we got to go forward here on this team. Uh, we don't know the status of Timothy Lilligren. McCabe looks really banged up. Um, Giordano is not Giordano anymore. Um, you know, he didn't look horrible tonight, but at the same time, he's not the guy that I think the Toronto Maple Leafs can trust in a top six role anymore. And I love Gio. I'm not crapping on the guy. I know he's got a lot going on personally, but at the same time, this guy is having some issues. But with Lilligren out, McKay banged up. Toronto needs to make a move here on the D, in my opinion. They need to bring either some of the young guys back into this and set some guys out for a while on IR or whatever you need to do to heal them up and let them rest whatever they got going on. Um, But for me, the D pairings tonight didn't do it. You can see they quickly changed Riley and Brody. Um, we, We know that doesn't work. No matter what way you set them on, right, left, left, right, it doesn't work. This D pair is oil and water. They just do not work. Put Riley with someone else. They tried it with Benoit. Maybe that's the kind of guy you need. I said earlier today, Luke Shen, you go find a mold like that for Morgan Riley to play with. Someone who plays from the red line back and lets Riley do his thing, can be physical. You get a guy like that, you lock yourself in, you're pretty good. But the D pairings right now, it's crazy to say with Lilligren out, as much as we were, you know, ragging on him three, four weeks ago, he was the reason everything kind of stabilized once they moved everyone where they needed to be. What are your ideal pairings right now for you, David? Because obviously what work went, went on tonight is not going to work. Yeah, honestly, I don't know why Sheldon Keith thought bringing those two back together was going to be a good idea. You saw for a se- you know, seven-game stretch how much better – those two are away from each other. Yep. And look, for one game, I guess Sheldon Key's like, for one game, can you guys just get your you-know-what together and yeah. just let's just make sure we can get through this game if one game is what Lilligren needs. But at the same time, this is where, like, you had a whole sample size of this season to know that it wasn't going to work. Yeah, it's not a thing that's going right? to happen. It's not like, oh, you know what, we can try for one you know, one game. And look, and I, I see in the comments right now that if Riley could play better defense, this wouldn't be an issue. I agree, right? There's, you know, he. Yep. this is a game where his defensive issues get get thrown out there. But I hate to say it, Brody wasn't much better, right? We're always willing to throw Riley under the bus. Brody's supposed to be the responsible, steady defensive guy. And there were times I was looking out there, he had no idea right what he was doing uh so like I, I i just think that with brody you saw left side that's his thing he has to play on the left right yep, he does if you and if you need to put let's say you got to ask jordano can you play on the right side maybe that's something you have to do i don't know but the other issues is, yeah they have six guys playing left tonight hand. all of them left shot this is where the Yes, and I know you're down two right shots with Lilligren out and Connor Timmons out. You've already known Connor Timmons was not going to be in for a while. In my opinion, this was an opportunity for the Leafs to explore. Now, I'm not talking about going and swing big on a deal right now and go get that, you know, Chris Tanev type of defenseman. 
That, that, that's that's more of a panic. You've got a week now, man. I, I yeah. would say probably start to make your moves yeah. and get your ducks. Oh, you got you to start looking. Like this is a game here where you, if you're Bratch living, you're like, yeah, like this is not, this is not something we can just sit and wait on, right? It's you know you're losing an opportunity right now to really get this team in a proper position to be in a good spot going into the playoffs, and but it screams to my biggest issue is that. Where's where are the guys down below in the AHL? We've only had one right shot defenseman come from the Marlies the last few years, and that's Timothy Lilligren. Isn't Rafai a right, right shot guy too? No, he's a left. He's a lefty. Okay, he's so a lefty what, too. Where are the right shot guys? Find guys. Even you know what? We're not asking you to go and find yourself a stud top four guy, but you got to start developing guys that can in this sort of position can come in. And play on that right side and be a right shot, right? Like it's, it's a failure of this of this organization to not have within the last five years, right? Lilligan was drafted in 2017. How many right shot defensemen have they invested any draft capital in? Do Can you do you call up Topi Nemela? Problem is, is they've been so un they they don't want to call up these younger guys. But at the same time, other teams are doing it. And guys are succeeding. Right. Right? Like, it's not like Topi Nimola hasn't been playing in North America. He's been here for a bit. Yep. He's not He's not some 19-year-old defenseman either. Nope. He's 21 years old, right-handed shot defenseman. I believe he has 28 points this season, six goals, 22 assists with the Marlies. Probably could help you out power play wise. Fifty-three or career games in the AHL, and then another seven in the playoffs. It's not like he's had. Like, yeah, is that a lot? No, but at the same time, it's not nothing. No, nope. seen defenseman with a lot less experience get called up, even for a game. Give him a chance. Now against Vegas, that's a tough one, right? Vegas played really well tonight. That was a well, team. You that- got Arizona coming in. Start figuring out what you're going to do here. Yeah. You know, whether it's making a trade or whatever you're doing, because obviously now Yarn Croak on the cusp of coming back, Joe Wool on the cusp of coming back. Before we get into Wool and who's in goal and all that stuff, one guy I want to talk about. I like him on the third line, but John Tavares needs to press pause. The Leafs need to press pause. He needs to sit out for a bit and heal. Yeah. Whatever injury he had that held him out of game obviously is not well enough for him to be in. He is laboring out there. He needs to whatever, unless unless it's something that requires surgery, this guy needs to be held out and needs to be just whatever for a while. And if that means they got to mark Stoneham and figure out who they're running down the middle, then I guess that's what you got to do. But this guy needs to get healthy to be able to produce for the Maple Leafs. And if he can be that what we wanted from Ryan O'Reilly on the third line, I like that. But he needs to be healthy and ready to go, and he's not. Unless I'm crazy, he does not look healthy tonight. No, right? And and, and this is where, honestly, hockey players get too selfish. Some will say, oh, he's a warrior. He's battling through injuries. Well, he's also putting his team in a tough position because he's not able to perform at his best, right? And look, that that play on the goal near the end of the second period, that's that's the type of play there that irks me because I said that if this team was going to 
overcome the deficiencies on the blue line, you're going to need a full team game. And when guys are not able to handle those simple details, it's going to cost you. And so, yeah, if, if John Tavares is really feeling it right now where he can't give you what you need, you have to sit him. And look, you got Pontus Holmberg who can play down the middle, you know, yeah, it, I understand that he's not exactly your ideal third line center. Yep. For a game or two, we just went through a period where he missed a couple of games. There is an off. They literally just did Pontus Homer, Bobby McMahon, and Nick Robertson for a couple of games. And guess what? The Leafs were able to find a way to win. If he's not healthy and if it's clear that he can't perform, no sense in putting him through whatever is going to is going to aggravate whatever he's got going more right you got a game against arizona coming up yeah i know you don't want to take any opponent lightly but you can also say john you're not you're not feeling the best let's put let's give you some time we got some guys here you know cali yarncroak i don't know how close he is if he can even come back yeah he took his full practice today he is uh, i think he is eligible i think it was the 22nd of february was his eligibility window so Right. And I, I, I do know that, you know, he's they're always saying, how are you going to get him back into the lineup? That That's kind of a way to kind of how kind of the best way to do it. Right. And I think Keith was saying maybe next week, Kelly Arncroke will get a full week of practice. So, again, maybe the timeline doesn't add up as well. But again, you have to find a way to make sure that guys aren't pushing through something they don't need to. And then come playoff time, you hear, ah, you know, I wasn't at a hundred percent. And that, that led to me having an, you know, not as ideal performance when it matters. So I think, again, I don't like, I understand players want to grind it out, gut it out for their team. But at this point in the season where, you know what, it could do more harm than good. Take one for the team. Tavares is, I mean, guaranteed. I, I get it. He's already kind of taken one for the team by accepting a lesser role. Yeah, well, the coach should have more of a say of that. Like, I, I like some people are like, oh, how come? I wonder how much Keith talked to Tavares about that. Well, I mean, the coach is just like, this is better for the team. We're going to do it, right? And I think that's got to. He's got to do it again. You're not, you're not at your best right now because you're not healthy. Let's do what's right for the team and give you some time off. Yeah, I, I just think it's something that definitely needs to happen for John Tavares and the Maple Leafs right now because you need him at his best when you need him at his best. The other guy you need at his best is the goaltending. And tonight, Delia Samsonov did not have his best performance. That one goal that went right through the wickets was a little light, uh, really put the Leafs behind 3-1. That's not what you want to see, especially when you get within one. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, Joel Wool is cleared to play. Says so on cap friendly. This guy can play. Um, he's got into a couple of you know practices here. He's also started an AHL game where he only allowed one goal, looked pretty darn well. Who do you start in goal Thursday night against the Arizona Coyotes? If Joel Wool is healthy and ready to go, is it Brick Wool's net? Uh, you can't. I, I don't think you can really declare anyone right now. Look, Samsonov deserves, you know, every bit of uh, leash. I think a little bit because he's played so well. Yep. But you know, he was really stellar in this game until 
the defense started to look, you know, come got a little unhinged, unglued there. And he wasn't really able to provide that backbone. And look, he shouldn't have to be Superman for them every game. I do get that. But at the same time, I, I think Samsonov, it's his net. But I do think you need to see if Joseph Wall can push a little bit more. Because ultimately, I want to see the best guy play. Yep. Sim- as simple as that. Like, if it's not about a name, it's not that Joseph Wool is signed and in going into next year and likely is the guy going forward. You're in a position right now where you got to just go with the best guy, the t- one you're more confident with, confident in. Yep. I believe And Samsonov, to me, he lost it a little. He lost it near the end of the game there, right? Like, you needed a save or two. You know, you're up, you're, you, you get within one to end the period. Yes, I know a brutal giveaway by John Tavares. Yeah, you need that one, though. That's what you we need, need that one, right? You need those saves. And, like, even, like, a couple of the goals near the end there, it's like, yeah, one was an empty net. Take that one away. But, like, there was some, like, I'm like, gotta get a save here. Yeah. Right? And, look, he was incredible against Colorado. That was, it was a big reason why they won that game. But you're going to need to do that a little bit more in the playoffs, right? And and that's where I think a lot of people are maybe seeing why why can't we see what Joseph Wolf can do and see if they can kind of – he can push himself a little bit more. Definitely. Well, I look at it like this, David. I say Joe Wolf should get the start on against Arizona. Why do I say that? Yeah. A team without Clayton Keller and a lot of offensive threat would be a good way to warm him up and just see what he has under the hood. Also give Samsonov a game to reset and be ready for Saturday night against the New York Rangers, who are absolutely starting to heat up themselves yet again. Shesterkin is looking Shesterkin-esque. So that would be a good game for Samsonov to get back between the pipes after a mental reset. Some would say maybe you give him a game like Arizona, but maybe give him a bit of a break. Let him deal with whatever he's dealing with. Get him some time to work with Curtis Samford, get some practice time in. And let Joe Wool take, I wouldn't say the easy games. You never look past any opponent. But the game that has lesser of a chance to tax him and see what he has in-game action for the Leafs. I think Joe Wool should get Thursday night just for those reasons alone. Are you surprised he wasn't backing up tonight? Not overly. Um, I think really when they're when they have any goaltender that has an issue, whether it's you know, a mental block like Samsonov had, an injury like Murray's had, or Jones, or anyone who's been between the pipes the past couple of seasons, their real philosophy is give them the full night off. Don't make them dress. Don't make them sit on the bench. Don't make them think that they might have to go in. You know, just full night off. You know, you're here just to observe and be a part of the team, you know, up in the press box, all that stuff. They really believe in that, and they've done it with Samsonov a few times. He wasn't hurt or anything, but they just said he's not going to be dressing his back up. He's going to sit up in the stands. And I can see this happening, especially as they go down the stretch, where they're going to carry three goaltenders, everyone. I can see them saying, okay, Wool's not playing tonight. Okay, he's going to be in the press box. Jones will back up. Samsonov's not playing tonight. Okay, he'll be in the press box, and Jones will back up. Just so they can have a full time off. You don't need to dress. You don't need to go through warm-ups. All the hoopla you usually do, you don't need to do those things. And it allows the other guy who's kind of in limbo, which is Jones, to be a part of the team, be on the bench, 
And if you have to call him into a game, you're not taxing your next starter. You're taxing the guy who's third in line. So it kind of could work to the least benefit for that strategy-wise. But for me, I think that's what you do. And that's why I think Joel Wool wasn't dressed tonight. Yeah, and and I think the other point with Joseph Wool too, is I think Carter Harden brought up on uh, when he was talking with Kipper and Bourne today was Joseph Wool never technically lost the net either. And I I don't like when people say, oh, he was injured. The other guy played well. Now he lost it. Well, it's not his fault. If you remember, the reason why he got injured was because he was literally playing Superman, playing Superman. Unfortunately, humans can't do what Superman can do. And we found found that out. Right. And so to me, I, I that's the benefit, as you said, with having the three goaltenders. You don't have to have a guy dress up, dress, and you know, do any extra work that they don't need to. And I think I I can't confirm if this was the if this was an official leaf source or if this was actually what Samson was saying, but he seemed to be kind of angry, right? After this, the quote apparently is I'm not angry, I just want to rest. That's that's the quote that I just saw. From Leafs' latest, again, uh, I haven't seen anyone else tweet that, but to me, that's the other thing I, I, I think needs to be looked at here is that Ilya Samsonov has done very well since his return. Yep. You also have to keep in mind of the mental impact of playing him a lot because they they played Jones, you know, the, yep. in the back to back. They did against Anaheim because that was kind of an easy one to throw at him. Yeah. But you're going to have to do more than just give Samsonov the second half of a back-to-back off here. Because I think as much as, yeah, physically it's going to be tiring, I think mentally too, to put him in so many games is going to maybe undo a little bit of what, of the work he did before, you know, everything kind of was going in the wrong direction for him. That's why I'm saying you start Joe Wool on Thursday. That gives him basically tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and then you start to ramp up for Saturday's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think you. I think that's the easiest way to go about it. Now, is it unfortunate that you don't really have a steady plan? Sure, but I think the big one here is you got to get Joseph Wool going. I know that there was a big hurdle, and it seemed like when I when you were listening to Sheldon Keith last week, it was, they were kind of waiting on Joseph Wool to let them know when he was good, rather than yeah. them trying to say when. It, you know, in that situation, but I think now you called him up. He's there. You might as well use him. If he already, he's already saw that he played a game. Was didn't seem like there were any setbacks. You got to get, you got to rip the bandaid off. He's going to have to, you're going to have to get him back in there. Well, we're going to start to get some answers. Obviously tonight, we'll see what happens with Sheldon Keefe in the league. We'll see what happens as we head towards Thursday for the goaltender status, Cali Yarncroke status, John Tavares, Timothy Lilligren, the list goes on and on here in Leafland. Leaf fans, I'm going to leave you with this one. The Leafs need to look in the rearview mirror as Detroit is now two points back for third place in the Atlantic, and Tampa is only five away from catching. So there are lots of things to start to think about if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. Maybe move sooner than later. But ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank my buddy David Morissuti of the Locked on Leafs podcast for joining me. Always up for a chat, but you know what this is right here. This is Offside Hockey Talk where the Maple Leafs and hockey come to talk.